Often we miss something happening right before our eyes because our brains are focused on something else. Gretchen Rubin writes in her book, Life in Five Senses, before describing how she has rediscovered much of what she previously did not see, what her brain had deemed unimportant. The more I looked, the stronger the habit grew, Reuben notes before making her case through a series of photos that appear in her book. Now rarely does a day go by in downtown DC when I do not see a FedEx truck. I see FedEx trucks all the time, but I had never ever before noticed that there is an arrow created between the last two syllables, between the E and the X. Did you all know this? Was it just me? How many of you knew this? How many of you are seeing that arrow for the first time? We're surrounded by the truck all the time but I'd never seen it. Similarly, with Hershey Kisses, I have bought so many bags of these small sweets, I even stocked up on them to make goodie bags for the treat bags that went into hotel rooms for guests at our wedding, but I had never ever before seen the small little piece of chocolate between the K and the I. Have you seen this before? How many of you are seeing it for the very first time? And then there's my favorite brand of tortilla chips. I stock up on Tostitos whenever they are on sale but I had never ever noticed that the two middle T's are actually people who are eating tortilla chips. How many of you have seen these people and their chips and salsa before? Okay, clearly some of you are better trained at paying attention. I completely miss all three of these things. But now that I have seen the arrow and the kiss and the people eating chips, a FedEx truck, a bag holding Hershey Kisses and containers of Tostitos will never again look the same. And not only do I now see all of these details, wanting to even see more, I also regularly, what else I have been missing that is right before my eyes, but that I have failed to see. Because I have deemed it unimportant, because I've been looking for so much more. what if the same is true when it comes to our faith? 
what signs or symbols of God's presence, of God's goodness, are literally all around me, surrounding us all the time. And yet we do not see these signs, these indicators of God's very presence. In the book of Genesis, we read how it did not take very long at all for humankind to lose its innocence. In fact, the writer of Genesis describes how every inclination within the hearts of humanity had quickly turned to evil. There was so much evil that God became so deeply grieved that God regretted making humanity, and so God devised a plan to literally blot out every living thing, with the exception of a man named Noah, one who was known for his righteousness, Noah's sons, and then two of every kind of living creature. God tells Noah to make an ark out of cypress wood, and then when finished, take his family and these two of every kind on Board. It's at this place where I cannot stop and smile at the movie Evan Almighty as I continue to think about how Noah must have thought such a suggestion was utterly ridiculous. But Noah follows through, and when everyone is on board, we're told that God opens the windows of the heavens and that rain falls on the earth for 40 days and for 40 nights. And with every passing day, the waters increase, allowing the ark to ride on the surface until the ark was high above the entire earth. Everything on the ark lived, while everything on dry land, in whose nostrils was the breath of life, died. When the floodwaters subsided, we read how Noah built an altar to the Lord, on which he offered burnt incense offerings. And the smell was so pleasing to God that God said in God's heart, I will never again curse the ground because of humankind. I will never again destroy every living creature as I have done before. And then we read how God transforms the promise of God's heart into a covenant. Before taking a bow, the archery weapon of a warrior, a tool of death and destruction instead of a tool of life, and puts it in the sky, in the cloud so that God might see it and remember God's promise. Now, most covenants are made between two people. Two people enter into a legal or a contractual agreement, a promise, and both of them have something that they are promising to keep toward the other. But God doesn't ask anything of Noah or his sons. 
Instead, God accepts self-imposed unilateral boundaries that prevent God from ever brutally retaliating again. And should God ever be tempted to forget God's promise to remain faithful even when we have not, God only needs to look up and see what happens whenever a little bit of sunlight falls upon a little bit of rain. Ryan Bonfiglio explains, when we think of human remembering as a mental process that entails calling to mind something from the past, divine remembering is of a different sort. Divine remembering is about attention and intervention. It bespeaks God's commitment to be in relationship with sinful humanity, to deliver out of destruction those who are not yet inclined to do good, and to suffer with and sometimes suffer because of a broken world. That God is a God who remembers is the only thing that ultimately holds back the waters of the flood, and it is the only thing that makes new life possible. So I wonder what you need to see to believe that new life is actually possible. What do you need to see to believe that God is one who is regularly making all things new. If you search rainbow nursery decor, Google will literally provide you with more than 22 million results in less than a third of a second. If you then follow the search to Amazon, you'll see how Amazon will eagerly sell you rainbow paintings and rainbow pot holders, mobiles and macrame, rainbow crib sheets and rainbow cabinet knobs. If you have Amazon Prime, you could be surrounded by rainbows before seven o'clock in the morning surrounded by signs of God's faithfulness wherever you turn. But I don't think we need a rainbow decor of any kind to be reminded of such faithfulness. Some of you are aware that I was in my office three weeks ago on Monday, January 29th, when a single shot was fired at 5.45 in the afternoon, just across the street from these stained glass windows. It was an attempted carjacking as a man was picking up his wife at the end of a work day, an end of an ordinary Monday. 
hearing the shot and watching the victim be placed on a stretcher and inside of an ambulance and then watching his wife climb inside that ambulance are sights that will forever be etched in my mind. It's the closest I have ever been to this kind of evil. A proximity that has produced a whole lot of processing, including with my colleague, Lee. He reminded me of something that Alan Story shared when he was here teaching in the fall of 2022. Talking about murder and capital punishment. And said to us, friends, if I am ever a victim of gun violence, do not react by going and purchasing another gun. Do not ever be tempted to approach evil with more evil. But instead make my death the source of a political uprising. One that will demand change in a country that continues to actively accept one senseless act of gun violence after another instead of doing anything to reduce the number and the kind of weapons that are currently available. And then, please go and visit whoever killed me in prison. Surround them with a community of love and forgiveness. Embody to that person how God's steadfast love endures forever. The words haunted me the first time I heard them. But they've also since become my desire. If I am ever a victim of America's maddening addiction to guns, I am convinced more and more that such a sight of forgiveness an embodiment of, I know you did something horrific, but I still want you to experience God's love and God's mercy, is a sight and a sound that could enable other people to see that God does indeed still reign and still make a difference. When the flood waters were rising, clouds prevented the sun from shining, plants and animals were all destroyed, and the space between water above and water below the earth completely disappeared. 
There is so much destruction going on that the earth, again, becomes a formless void in that moment. We go all the way back to begin and remember that it is into this chaos that God first spoke breath. That Ruach, the Holy Spirit of God, first came creating order out of chaos. And Jane Ann Ferguson writes how individually chaos comes into our life through relationships. Relationships broken by death, estrangement, and divorce. Through illness of body or mind. Through addictions of all kinds. And much of this chaos we bring on ourselves through our resistance to God's ways. To see and to know God as one who remembers us corporately and individually, with love and forgiveness in the midst of life's chaos, with all its pain and suffering, is to discover redemption. While you may not have recognized it, as God's presence actively working in your life, just as our eyes may not recognize or have seen the small kiss on a bag of Hershey chocolate, I wonder where you might be able to see God. To see God through the redemption that you have experienced or the second chance that you have watched another person receive. If you stop to think about it, if you train your eyes to see it, how might you see redemption? God's love breaking through all around you. I've long had a deep level of respect for one of our United Methodist bishops, a bishop named Kenneth Carter. He retired more than a decade ago, probably at least now 20 years ago, and then came on the faculty at Duke Divinity School, where we overlapped a couple of years when I was serving there just before I came here. At the time, Bishop Carter was always seen with his wife, Linda. She was at many of the events that he would be at. And then in more recent years, we watched as Bishop Carter continued to teach in real and profound ways about what it means to walk with a spouse in sickness and in health. As Linda developed Alzheimer's and Bishop Carter stood by her side in a deep and profound kind of way. Bishop Carter's November 20th Facebook post garnered over 1,000 likes and 700 comments. The post that he wrote just a few moments, not few moments, a few months ago, after Linda had died a couple of years ago, reads, Saturday, November 18th, was a glorious day of celebration of new life and expanded love. As Norma Sessions and I entered into the covenant of marriage, surrounded by our loving and supportive families, the service began with this introductory greeting. And then he continued to post, Friends, we come together to witness and bless the marriage of Norma Joy Sessions and Kenneth Lee Carter. They enter this sacred covenant 
after sharing a special friendship formed over a decade of mutual support as they cared for their beloved spouses, Dale and Linda. Their love for one another is an expansion of the love that they shared with Dale and Linda, who helped them to mature in love and become who they are today. The covenant into which they enter was established by God, who created us for one another, and who brings order from chaos, light out of darkness, reconciliation amid brokenness, conflict from sorrow, and life out of death. We celebrate their marriage as a visible sign of the newness of life made possible by God's steadfast and boundless love incarnate in Jesus the Christ. Bishop Carter's active on Facebook. I now regularly cannot wait to see images of him and his new spouse. Images that are always accompanied by God's power to bring about order out of chaos, new life out of heartache, resurrection out of death. I don't know where you find yourself. Some of us may be emerging from a wilderness of temptation. Others of us may be trying to figure our way out. Some of us may be engulfed in chaos. Chaos from a broken relationship, a challenging illness, addiction's grip that will not let us go. I suspect all of us can testify to what Kate Baller says, that life is so beautiful. Life is so hard. And here we are. The season of Lent before us. An opportunity to stop. to intentionally look and see where God is at work, where and how we are being beckoned to turn around, where God is longing, longing to make all things 
new. May it be so.